Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Father, we thank you. Father, let that be the anthem of this church. Pour your spirit in. God, we need your anointing, that fragrance of heaven. God, we're desperate for a touch from heaven. God, nothing else will satisfy, nothing else will complete, nothing else will convince but a touch of your spirit this morning. Father, we love you. God, I pray this morning that you would continue to move in this place. Touch hearts, touch lives. God, just pour out your spirit that we would know your presence in greater measure. God, we declare by faith that we are hungry, that we are desperate, that we are oh, longing for the things of heaven. God, that eternity would burn even brighter on the inside of us. God, that we would yearn for the things that you yearn for. God, that we would be passionate about the things the Father heart is passionate about. Now is the time, God, in a season, we can't hold back, but we've got to press forward. God, we love you. We thank you. Everybody said amen. Come on, church. Can we just give you praise this morning again? God is so thankful. Amen. Thank you, team. You're amazing. Love that you may be seated. Sense the Spirit of God this morning in this place. And just as we were um, blessing Amanda, she steps into a new season. Chapter, I just thought, you know what I love about God is that people can come into the house not knowing Him, broken, needing something, and He's so faithful just to slowly begin to invade their lives with His Spirit and just beautifully and gently begin to transform people and they come in one way and they end up staying in the house of God completely changed doing things that they didn't even think they could do I love that about God the very nature and character of who he is is to take a life and begin to mold it and transform it and breathe life into it he's a good God amen he's a good God well, a few weeks ago, I brought a message around pushing out noise and pushing out the noise that, you know, getting close to God and hearing that voice that he wants to speak requires us so often to recognize those distractions in life that so easily fill our minds, fill our lives, and then to learn through his word and through prayer and through worship how to silence the voice of the enemy and begin to tune in to that God frequency in our lives. Amen. And so this morning, I want to lead on from that message, and I want to go a little bit deeper and talk about this idea of transformation. I said a few weeks back that really we only have two positions or two choices we can take in life. One is to conform to the ways of this world. I said to its ideals, to popular think tanks, to whatever the social and cultural norms are in the time, and just sort of go along with the flow and where people are going. Or we have a choice to make in life to go, you know what, despite that, I want to seek God out. Yeah. I want to seek another way. I want to seek out His plans and His purposes for my life. And in doing so, I want to experience God in transformation in my life. 
I mentioned Romans 12 too, that says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And back in about 2017, I brought a message around transformation. It was called Transforming Outside the Square. And I felt to bring a revised version, if you will, of that, because God's been stirring in my heart of late how central and how critical and how important transformation is in our relationship and our journey with Christ. And so after much uh, revision and late night planning and rewording and thinking, the message title I want to bring, and I haven't put it up on the screen because I want you guys to be completely blown away by it and amazed at my ingenious. The title of my message this morning is called Transforming Outside the Circle. Who thought that was pretty amazing, right? That took a lot of thought. Really, I didn't have a square rug for illustration purposes, and I had to steal my six-year-old's rug to do this message, but who knows, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to come with me to 2 Corinthians 3.18. And the word says this, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so here's the deal. We come into this world as newborn babies, as infants, and over time we develop into children and we develop into teenagers and eventually adults. So there's this natural maturing that happens both physically and emotionally for us. Uh, as we start to get older and grow up. And in the same sense, when somebody comes to Christ and accepts them, Him as their Lord and Savior, the Bible tells us that we're born again into His kingdom, that we become spiritual babies, spiritual infants, born again into the family of God. But here's the thing. Unlike natural maturing, spiritual maturing doesn't just happen on its own. It's not self-perpetuating, right? We can't accept Christ into our lives and then sit back and hope that one day we find ourselves spiritually mature in Christ. Amen? The fact is, I would go a step further and say this, in order for you and I to fully engage in the purpose and plans that God has created you for, it requires you and I to grow up and mature in Christ. Amen? You see, our journey in Christ is one that is never meant to really just flatline uh, or, or, or just stay the same or plateau. But as the Word of God tells us, the moment we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, on the inside of us, God desires that through His Spirit we would begin a transformation process, yeah. a transformation journey with Him, that we would continue to be drawn closer and closer to the Father until the day that we stand before Christ in eternity. Amen? But I think that sometimes, maybe a lot of times, we don't seem to really embark on that journey well. Who's heard the stories that sometimes we start out this journey and we're passionate and we're hungry for the things of God and nothing can hold us back. But then somewhere along the journey, we kind of let things sort of fall by the wayside. Or maybe you've, you're just in a season or a period where you're waiting for what's next. God, what are you going to do? Or maybe you've accepted Christ into your life, but nothing has really ever changed. And we're just waiting for God to come along with the defibrillators and kind of shock you back into life and shock you back into purpose where you're meant to be. But regardless of how you're traveling, I want to tell you the truth this morning. is this God desires transformation for you and I. God desires that we would grow up spiritually, that we would learn how to be transformed into the likeness of His Son and experience all that He's created us to be. But here's the kicker. 
regard when it comes to experiencing godly transformation godly transformation is something that only happens outside the circle everybody say outside the circle outside the circle right so this is saying that i once heard in the business world from a great manager a great leader that i think rings really true for us in our christian walk and it's this in order for us to grow in order for us to be developed in order for us to increase capacity we have to learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, yeah. right? We've got to learn that, I want to say that again, in order for us spiritually to increase our capacity to carry the things of God, to grow and mature, there will be times and seasons where we have to learn yeah. how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? So I want you to hold that, that thought for a minute, and I want to return to the circle analogy. That's the moment where some of you are thinking, well, finally, Justin's going to explain why this trainee drug is on the stage under the pulpit, and I'm going to do that right now. So, I want you to imagine with me for a moment that this circle, the circular rug, represents your life and my life in all its entirety, right? A life that you and I live out day to day, week to week, month to month, year on year. And because it's our life, we're quite comfortable with it. We know it. And because we know it, we tend to live it out fairly well, right? Yeah. We choose in this circle who it is that we hang out with, what we do. We have this amazing ability to plan and schedule and be self-reliant. And so for the most part, we'll make ourselves available to those things within our life that bring us pleasure, that, that make us happy. And for the most part, we'll avoid things in our life that don't make us happy, that don't bring us pleasure. For the most part, we live it out fairly well. And it's our comfort zone. It's what we know. Amen. But now let's add God into the mix of that. The moment that we met Jesus and we made the decision to invite him into our lives as our Lord and Savior. And as he stepped in, what did he do? He gave us the gift of his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit now lives on the inside of us that now has the power to begin that transformation process on the inside of us. But this is where we so often come to a crossroads in our Christian walk. You see, because the, the deal is this, living the Christian life in all its fullness, in all its richness, in all its abundance requires from us continuous transformation. It requires us to continually let go of the old self, let go of the flesh, let go of the old ways, and to continually make decisions by faith to lay hold of the new, the new creation God has made inside of us, to lay hold of God, to choose His ways over our ways. Right, the deal is the transformation the Holy Spirit can bring requires us to build on the experiences and the encounters that we have to God that can move us to new levels as we journey with Him. But if that godly transformation doesn't happen in the circle, where does it happen? It happens just outside the circle. So in order for you and I to engage in it, we have to continually make decisions to step out of what's comfortable and, and allow God to begin transform, transforming us. So... What is the big deal with transformation? Right? I hear you say, well, Justin, that sounds great. I probably should desire it. But what is the big deal? Because I love God. He loves me. I'm pretty happy in my circle. Why would God ask me to get out of that circle in order to receive it? If he desires it for my life, why doesn't he just bring it to me in my life? Amen. And surely some of you are thinking, well, I've said the salvation prayer. I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he's forgiven my sins. He's washed me clean. Surely that alone, that confession alone, is a, as a byproduct, would invite transformation upon me. But I want to tell you something. The minute that you accept Christ into your life, the Bible says this, that you are washed clean, that you are forgiven, that you've become a new creation. 
But a new creation is not the same as the process of transformation. Right? Transformation is a journey that starts the minute we become a new creation. Amen? So Isaiah 55, 8 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So there are miracles and there are promises that are waiting for you that seem sometimes just out of reach. I want to tell you this morning that there is breakthrough and blessing that you and I need to lay hold of in order to walk out that plan and that purpose God has for us, but it's only accessed from a place of being enlarged out of transformation. Sometimes it's that dream or that word that's spoken over you that you know is real on the inside of you, that you know God has given you, but it seems so far off, or it seems just too big right now to lay hold of. You don't know how... But you know God has put something on the inside of you. Often God will place that blessing and that breakthrough just outside the parameters of what's comfortable in our life. So that we have to step out of the boat. We have to step out of what we know, what is familiar, to lay hold of it. God had that exact promise for Abraham. He looked at Abraham and he said, I have a plan and a purpose that I want you to become the father of many nations, and through your seed, I'm going to cause blessing after blessing to flow. But here's the deal, Abraham. In order for you to step into what I've created you for, you've got to get out of your country. You've got to get out of what you know, what's familiar, what you're looking at all the time, what's comfortable, and I want you to begin to follow me. So now it's going to become a little bit uncomfortable. There's a whole lot of unknowns, but if you would just trust me one step at a time, I will be faithful to get you to where I promised I will take you. Amen? But it requires us to step out. You know, spiritual transformation develops in us a greater capacity to carry what God wants to place on our lives. But it also gives us the ability to develop skill and endurance and perseverance to enter into seasons of spiritual warfare where we can engage with the enemy, but we can overcome. And I think sometimes in church life we pray so hard, God, would you increase my capacity? Would you bring the miracle? God, I'm ready for the blessing. But right now where you're at, are you ready to receive it? Are you able to carry it? Would you give God praise through the miracle? Would you be faithful with the blessing? And I never thought I would do this, but I'm going to slip into my preaching a quote from Joyce Meyer, which says that the higher we go in Christ, the bigger the devils we face. The more that our capacity increases in life to be effective for God, the greater the devil has to push back on us to try and stop it. God understands that, and he says, you're going to face them anyway, but when you face them, I want you to be ready. I want you to be equipped. I want you to have enlarged. So that's going to require you to follow me, to step out of the life that you're comfortable in, and sometimes grit your teeth and trust me one step at a time, and I will be faithful to get you the way I want you to be. Amen? Amen. My friend, here is why we have to step out of the boat, why we've got to step over the edge, because godly transformation occurs in those environments of character building. Who loves being in environments of character building, right? Those places where God stretches you, right? Where you are facing challenges and obstacles, and it feels like just the heat is on and the lights are off and your circumstances and your situation just demands from you just commitment and discipline to keep pushing through things until you lay hold of God, right? 
It's at the very edge of the comfort zone where we sometimes just have to keep denying the flesh what we want to do for God's purpose. But it's in those moments that we encounter God. And it's in those moments where we think, God, if you don't come through, I'm going to give up. But who's been in those seasons where it's just the heat is on, and by the grace of God, we get to the other side, and we can look back and go, man, I've grown. Man, God has been faithful. It hasn't necessarily been easy, but I can now do things I couldn't do in the spiritual because he's taken me through a transformation process. He's taken me through a journey. It's in those places, who's been there, where... You don't have the answers anymore. Yeah. Where the creativity runs dry. Where the prayers are getting harder to pray, right? Where we, we're trying to stay in faith and everyone's really annoying telling us God's going to come through. You don't think he will, but somehow you hang in. It's in those moments God is faithful yeah. to meet us if we don't let go. Right? There's a process. There's a reason for the, there's a process to the pain that sometimes we go through. You know, God had a promised land for his children Israel. We know the story, right? 400 years, his children are, are enduring under Egyptian rule. It's cruel. It's abusive. It's basically just pure slavery at its worst. And God says to Moses, I'm sending you to Egypt, not to deliver the promised land into Egypt, but I want you to get my children out of Egypt so that I can take them into the promised land. So there's a dynamic with the promises of God when he comes to you that will often call you out of what you know out of dysfunction, out of being held captive by things in your life, and he will take you on a journey that will stretch you and grow you to get you into where he wants you to be, the promised land. So in Exodus 3.9, it says this, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The first thing God does in setting the course for his blessing and promise is to get his people out of what they know, out of routine, out of their comfort. Now, you might be saying, are we reading the same Bible, Justin? Because that's not how I read that story, right? They're in Egypt. They're oppressed. They're under slavery. They're getting beaten. It's a hard life. But here's the thing. It was a predictable life. Regardless of the oppression they were under, they knew every day what to face. They knew they would have food on the table. They knew they'd have shelter over their heads. So they endured the slavery. They endured the oppression because they'd learned to live with it after 400 years. Sometimes we find ourselves slipping into those same conditions. What dysfunctionalities or bad habits or things that the enemy is holding you ransom for have you learned to become comfortable in your life simply because you've just endured it over time? So this must be my life. This must be my lot. This is what God's got for me. It may not be right, but I know it. I know how to roughly deal with it. I know how to expect it. God says, no, no, I've got a better life for you. I've got a life that is deeper and richer and full of purpose. That my plans can be shown that you would, that I would be glorified through you. But I've got to get you out from what you've known and what's comfortable to get you to where I want you to be. Amen? So we know God delivers his people out of Egypt and gets them Pretty quickly the first time around to the edge of the promised land, it gets scoped out by 12 spies. 10 come back with pretty negative reports. And on the back of that, yet again, the children of Israel whinge, whine, and complain. Look back at this slavery and go, God, what have you done? You've brought us out here. Moses, what are you doing? You've brought us up here into the desert. Why? So we can simply die. That's the logical conclusion. So God, I'm sure, would have been so frustrated, like a frustrated parent. Just, all right, what we're going to have to do is get you back out into the desert. And we're going to do this journey, which shouldn't take long, 
for another 40 years until that generation that had come out of Israel had died. Except for Joshua and Caleb, he wiped them out. Why? Because he had to get rid of the mindsets and mentalities and dysfunctional thinking that would not allow people to step into the promises he had for them. He had to wait for 40 years for a completely new generation to rise up who didn't know that slave lifestyle, who didn't have that mentality. All they've done is grown up under the leadership of Moses, where we know God had done incredible miracles. All they had in front of them was an example of Joshua and Caleb, passionate for the things of God, so faithful, so committed, men of integrity. God had to do a whole transformation process through a whole generation before he could lead his children into the promises he had. Why is that significant? And why am I telling you that? Because here's the thing. If God had taken the children of Israel out of Egypt and put them, despite the report, straight into the promised land, their mindsets and dysfunctional thinking wouldn't have allowed them to stay in that place. They would have automatically been overcome by the enemy, by the giants in that land. They would have killed them and run them out. You see, if I take a child and I bring them into an adult life, and I push them into the adult life with all its privileges, with marriage, with intimacy, with financial stability, that child doesn't have the capacity yet to accept it or appreciate it or enjoy it. God wants to take you through a transformation process so you're ready to receive what it is that He has for you. And we get frustrated with them because we know, God, you've got good things for my life. Why don't you just lead me into it? God says, because you're not ready for it just yet. I need to do a work on the inside of you. I've got to get rid of old mindsets and dysfunctional thinking on the inside of you. I've got to build you up and strengthen you, and then I can take you into it because you'll handle it. Amen? God desires you and I to step into a life that is abundant, where we would, we would live out those promises and blessings. God wants to teach you a new language in your life that's based on the Word of God, that you can stand up and face what's coming against you because the truth is not just here, but it's on the inside of you, that you can begin to speak that heavenly language. And I want to tell you something, church, it's never too late. God is a God of restoration. God is a God who redeems. God is a God who restores. No matter where you are in your journey, even if you feel like it's 10 steps back, God can meet you where you're at and begin again that transformation process. Because here's the thing. If he, against all odds, can get his children out of slavery and eventually into the promised land, he can do the same for you and I. He can get you out of where you are and get you into the plans and purposes he has for you, but you just can't let go. Yeah. You just can't stop praying. You just can't stop believing. Even if it's so hard, God, I'm just going to trust you anyway, one step at a time. You know, Pastor Melissa spoke a couple of weeks ago on, on David, and I want to revisit that because I think it's such a brilliant illustration, not just of courage, but of a transformation process in a young man's life. You see, when you begin to read in Samuel the, the story of David, what you find is a young shepherd boy in his teens, out day after day in the fields with his father's flocks, tending sheep, meditating, he's got all the time in the world, maybe writing, maybe playing music, singing, whatever. Hardly the kind of guy you think one day is going to take on and overcome giants. Hardly the kind of guy in that moment you think is going to rule a nation, rule a kingdom, right? Until the day. God says, now's your time. Now's the time that I'm calling you out of that. Until the day brings across David's path, what? The lion and the bear. Right? Until he says, David, it's time to put down your harp. There's a situation that's a bit sketchy. You don't know the outcome, 
You're facing down a lion and a bear, but I have a process and something I want to teach you in this moment. And I believe that in the moment of David rising up to defend his flock, and as he stands on the bodies of these bloody and sweaty bears and this lion, there's something shifts on the inside of him. No longer is God just a God that meets him where he's at in the sheepfold, but now he's a God that's faithful to help him overcome battle. Now he's a God that's faithful to give him strength when he needs it. David had to step back and go, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm taking on the line and the bed. I don't know how this is going to work, but something on the inside of me is saying, do it anyway. I did it, and guess what? You were faithful. I can build on that foundation in my life now. You're not just a God who enjoys my singing and my meditation, sure, but now you're a God that's beginning to stir another purpose on the inside of me. God, you're faithful. Thank you. Amen. And so not long after this time, we find David among the armies of Israel. We know the story, facing off Goliath. He's standing in the crowd of the Israelites, half their size, less than half their, their fighting experience, right? But despite the odds, he still backs himself and says to Saul, Saul, I'm the guy. I can take down Goliath. I know what his intent is, and I'm telling you, if you give me a shot, we can end this here and now. Amen. 1 Samuel 17, 36 says, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. In that moment, David remembers that time that he had to face off the lion and the bear, uncertain of the outcome, and God was faithful. God had built a moment and an experience in David's life that he could now stand on facing Goliath. You see, when he faced Goliath, he didn't see what everyone else saw. He didn't just see a giant that was intimidating. He saw another lion and another bear. Yeah. He already knew God was going to be faithful and come out and come through for him. So he was quite happy to put himself on the line and say, I'll do it. Because I've been, I've been trusting God, and he's led me through a process that was pretty scary, but I overcame. So naturally now, by faith, God, you can come through again in my life. Amen? Amen. You know, I believe that this transformation moment set David up for success. As he brought that head of Goliath back to Saul, it was a pivotal moment in David's life that would set in motion God's plan for him to eventually, what, ascend the throne and rule over Israel. To the very victory over the lion and the bear, David didn't see the giant. He saw an opportunity for God to be faithful yet again in his life. David's relationship with God had changed, and it had matured, and it had strengthened. He had learned through the heat of battle that God was faithful. So now I can trust God because I know he's faithful. I've done the hard yards. I've stepped out not knowing the answer, but God, you've come through. Amen. So I want to ask you, how many times have you and I been living life in the circle and we felt God call us to the edge, to step out, to do something out of the ordinary, to break through something, calling us to something that in the natural we look at it and go, God, this is flipping me out. I don't think I can do this. This is scary. This I'm not sure. And we've kind of almost been ready to get out there and then we've been drawn back into our life. We've gone, no, not this time, God, I can't do it. And then God is so faithful, seasons will come where he will challenge you again and say, I want you to stop for a minute and go talk to that person. I know things are tough, but I want you to invest this here. I know the outcome doesn't look bleak, but I want you to start speaking this. And we go, God, we know that something's stirring on the inside of us and you're calling us. But God, I just don't know it. That's pushing again what's comfortable in my life. I want to tell you, those are the David moments and David seasons, church, where you just got to go, 
it's time to get a bit crazy. We've got to step out anyway. Because when you start to learn that God is faithful, step by step, you can start to build on those experiences. Of God, you were faithful with me in the little. You'll be faithful with me in the much. God, I can trust you. Amen. Church, God wants you to be transformed. God wants to see you grow and mature into the likeness and image of who? His son, Jesus. There is plans and purposes for your life that he wants you to walk out so that he, God, would be glorified in your life. Amen. So often we feel like we're missing out if we step out, right? That something's different. But I want to tell you that your worst enemy lives often inside your circle, inside the comfort zone of your life. That's where the enemy likes to set up. But I want to tell you this, right? That the pattern of transformation comes on the path of greater resistance, right? Just refusing to grip your teeth, just refusing to do whatever comes easy doesn't guarantee transformation in your life. God wants to challenge you to step it up to another level and push through with Him. You know, I mentioned earlier that transformation is developing spiritual muscle, which is really crucial to understand this. Sometimes the problems that we face in life, we will only overcome when we get bigger than they are. Yeah. When we start to rise up above them. Right? If you take a stand for Jesus, I will guarantee you there will come a time where you will have to take a stand against the enemy. When you are boldly declaring the name of Jesus, the devil will send every principality and power he knows to stop you. And I want to tell you, the Bible says that he roams around your life like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Not a little fluffy lamb that wants to give you a nice cuddle. And no, I want to tell you this, that if you're going to get into the ring with the enemy and take him on for your marriage, for your kids, for your children, for your future, you and I have to develop spiritual muscle in our life. We have to allow ourselves to go through the maturing process. You see, because if I want to take out Mike Tyson, no matter how badly I want to do it, if I get into the ring with him right now, I'm going to get whooped, all right? I'm going to get beaten no matter how badly. Why? Because he's a heavyweight and I'm a lightweight. Right? Just the way it works. Lightweight, anemic Christianity will never take on and defeat heavy principalities and powers. We have to learn how to develop muscle going through those seasons that are hard where God can do a work on the inside of us so that we begin to grow and enlarge so that when the enemy comes this time, I'm ready for it. When the enemy wants to take out my kids, no, hang on, I'm ready for it. When the enemy wants to take out my marriage, no, you know what? I fought the lion. I fought the bear. I've got the scars to prove it. So why is this any different? Devil, you better run. Because if we get in the ring, what am I going to do? I'm going to knock your teeth out. Amen. If you want to be comfortable in life, then I want to say to you that transformation is optional. But if you want to grow in life and to step into every promise God has for you, transformation is compulsory. Amen? Hebrews 5.12 says this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need something to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The apostle is saying here, we've got to learn how to exercise our senses in our walk to be able to discern good and evil. To be able to say, hang on a second, I know what's going on here. This is the enemy. 
And because I've gone the rounds and I've done the fight and I've gone the journey, I can identify that and I can stand up against it and I will come it out by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony by His Word. Amen. Transformation lays a premise in your life that at some point you've got to grow up. At some point we've got to move away from elementary teaching, the milk of the Word, and we've got to start to chew on the meat. And the only way, I'm sorry to say, for us to do that is to step out just like Abraham, just like David, and say, God, I desire more for what you have for me than what I'm living in right now. I desire more that you would use me as an influence in your kingdom to be alive than just what I'm living day to day right now. And because I desire that, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't have the answers. I haven't got it all figured out. I want to tell you that's okay. But if you trust God and step out of that boat, step out of what you've always known. When you hear the voice leading you, say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for another level. I'm ready for you to use me in another way. God, would you do it? And I'm telling you, church, he is faithful. Amen. Amen. He is faithful. Everybody say momentum. 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 Sounds like something out of Harry Potter, but momentum, right? <laughs> momentum is something that is so crucial in our Christian life if we want to break down barriers and walls the enemy tries to put up. You see, I want to tell you this. When we come to Christ and we accept him into our lives, it develops the framework of what we believe, right? The framework. What is the framework? That God is faithful to forgive our sins, that we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that we're a new creation. It's the foundational, yeah? But I want to tell you this, you can have the cleanest skeleton system, if you like, that's the foundation. You can have the most polished belief system, but without spiritual momentum in your life, you're not going to break through what the enemy is trying to put in front of you, right? You have to actually build on that framework muscle that can move you forward when God calls you. Right? You've got to move beyond the elementary for God to be able to build on your life. Amen? As we come to a close, I just want to ground this word for you a little bit, church. You know, muscle needs protein to grow. We need the word of God to grow. We need his praise and worship in our lives to grow. He said the more time that we spend at the feet of Jesus, the more time we begin to develop relationship with him, we, de we develop the ability to trust him. And you will find at some point while God's just simply spending time with you, he will say, that's great, now I want you to step out with me. I want you to do this little thing for me. Would you do it? Hang on. It's hard. I don't know if it's going to work out. I'm going to look a bit stupid. Okay. And how you step. And all of a sudden you find God's got you. And he comes through. Maybe it's the last minute, but he comes through. God, I didn't see that blessing. That answer's just come to me. Someone's, someone's helping me. God, I step out. And then God goes, that's awesome. Keep spending time with me. Keep standing on my word. Keep praising. Now would you for me here? Oh God, okay, this is a bit bigger. Now I've got to, I really need courage, God. Are you sure you're gonna come through? Trust me, step out. Oh God, you came through for me. God, now look what's happening. I'm amazed when I look back at my life at what you're beginning to do. And on and on it goes. God wants to begin transformation in your life. To change you and conform you to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Church, he has a plan and a purpose far beyond what you would dare to even dream or expect. That is the truth. But to let hold that, we've got to follow him. And it's a journey and it's adventure. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. 
If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.